Welcome to Bite by Bite, a podcast focused on all, co- all sorts of topics, mainly focused or centered around IT and a little bit of philosophy thrown into it. Not philosophy of life, but philosophy of like mitigating pain and suffering for yourself because there was this one line of code that you were sure worked correctly until it didn't. So, welcome to Bite by Bite. And, well, do you want to go ahead and do, like, the, the pirates or points that we're going to talk about today, or should I do it? Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Uh, we are your hosts for today, Thomas second. and Sebastian. Yeah, I, I just wanted to say, I just, like, I was unpolite, I didn't introduce myself, sorry, you did that. <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, we are your hosts today, Thomas and Sebastian, and we're also, like, working and studying in uh, technical fields of IT. Yeah, I'm studying computer science at... Yeah, and I'm working at... <laughs> yeah, and I'm working at a computer company. So, yeah, we are definitely not qualified, but we do that anyway. Yeah, we're so, not qualified to talk about The topics anything. of today would be um, DIY. So, why is it worth it doing it yourself? And also a little bit of chit-chat about home automatization and, yeah, what you could do in your private field. I'm I'm a bit at fault for the home automatization thing right here because I wanna like rework my entire not rework but like just like make my room look better and integrate a bit of home automatization into it. And so I thought, well, why not bring this into the conversation? So to start things off, DIY instead of DIY, because in recent times we've experienced it ourselves that doing it ourselves is not always the best, easiest, or the most convenient option and has caused us more pain than anything. But, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Just, you know, if, if you think about it, yeah? Um, sometimes you think about, well, you could spend like a couple of hundred bucks to buy something that is already established and works, or you could go for a cheap and do it yourself. Well, in the first instance, you maybe think about it like, hmm, I could just do it myself, it's not that difficult and I could save a couple of hundred bucks. Well, yes, definitely, but you have always to calculate your time. Yeah, I totally agree on that. And for example, if you like working um, in like a technical field or doing something else... You have value in yourself to the company, so for example, in your company, how much are you worth around per hour? Like, is it like a general IT salary per hour? Like, not the one you're getting, but like what the company gets if you work one hour. Yeah, definitely. In the most companies, it's about 100 bucks or so. So if you think about that, um, if you would work around like three, four, maybe 10 hours even to get that stuff done by yourself, that would be like a thousand bucks in addition to the cost you already have for the hardware you're using. So, um, for example, if you then instead buy something pre-made that is established and works, it kind of would be cheaper at the end. Yeah, because, because you're saving you save, time. You save time, which is like the most important resource you have. Because if you waste all your time, you can't get it back. And what shame is there if you have like the 100, 1000 bucks that you earned by, while working, you just spend it on a solution that works. I'm not discouraging the people here that say, I want to do it myself. If you want to do it yourself because you're interested in the process, if you just want to see like 
does it work or how does it work like people who do self-hosting like or some something else like that who just like like fixing the bugs and understanding how it works yeah go for it but if you want it to be cheaper then calculate your time into the equation like if you just have to like print something in a 3d printer and you have it at home and like go rid of the project and it doesn't take you like 20 hours to set up or something it could be cheaper and actually a nice experience but yeah usually i just go with the set it and forget it yeah also like um if you do it yourself and it actually works yeah that's that's cool that's fantastic but if for example the the system you're using yeah gets an update yeah. and after the update it doesn't work again so you have to bug fix it maybe even in a specific time slot where you don't have that much time on hand and you would like spend a lot of time that you don't have on fixing a bug on a system that you just want to work I for mean, example your yeah. lighting and maybe you do like custom lighting for your home yeah like i i plan to do like some like something similar to what you have here like with philips hue just like led strips and like as you said imagine like how would it feel if you came home one day and the system had an update and you just press the light button and nothing happens yeah and that's like something that yes definitely could theoretically happen to already existing system but it did, it's but much less likely especially if you go with like an established brand like it's not like from one day to the next amazon echo like alexa echo is just gonna be like oh no i'm not supported anymore it's way too valuable for them anyways <laughs> exactly but for example if you're like using a custom um program on your raspberry pi server on your local network to to manage your lighting setup and don't know the lighting setup you're using gets an update automatically pushed or something and it's not um, communicating with the pi or correctly configured whatever then yeah all of a sudden you don't have working working lights if you use that system in your entire house it's even worse yeah it could get potentially very dark <laughs> yeah to segue a bit into home automatization before that we no a little bit into the topic because we're slight, slightly sliding into it the thing is if you want something to work there's a difference because there's like things that don't really matter because if i try to do my own led strips or something for a small project i made myself it may not be as critical you could get away with trying it and like playing around but if you take it for the lighting for your entire house, you really want that reliability. Because, or let's say you have like oven controls or something because you're crazy and you just want to automate everything. Imagine if that goes wrong. If you have something that like regulates the heat of your oven, or I don't know, like heating elements or thermostats, oh, like. you did that yourself and all of a sudden your thermostat is broken because there's an update and then like something's with your internet because your pie hole is not working. And yeah, just it, it's all chaos. Or for example, if you don't know, just use uh, a custom um, door lock. Yeah, like and you that, potentially lock yourself out your own door. Yeah, you told me something funny about that today with like a company where the project was discontinued. I mean, and yes, that's that's also like another topic. Sure, um, not 
buying from uh, uh, from a, a known company isn't always also very um, very wise decision. Yeah, definitely, because e yeah, especially those companies could potentially go bankrupt, and then they would turn off the server, and one day you just stand in front of your door without getting in. Yeah, there was I don't know which project it was, but like. The dude stood in front of his own door and just couldn't get the door open because the code lock didn't have like any backup mechanisms to be like, okay, if like the internet connection is not working, you have an alternative way to like get in or something. No, he stood there and the server could not authenticate because they shut down the servers and nobody wanted to forget about it. So it was there, locked out and good luck calling a locksmith on a smart home lock. Like, I think they would need to rip the lock away and then try to brute force it? I mean, sometimes I don't know there is works. still uh, a, like a, a normal key, key yeah, as should. a backup, but it's not always the case. Like, I, have, I haven't seen one of them, like on most devices, because they just have like the NFC thing there. Maybe you need to peel it off and then try to... I don't know. I'm in the process of learning. Uh, to, to rely on a sustainable network connection just for your door to get unlocked is also like not a very, very wise yeah, idea. I think just imagine a, your Wi-Fi goes down. I mean, that's a good thing that we, we should talk about, like the independence of the individual servers. For example, with Philips Hue, we're not sponsored. We are too small for that. Would be fun. But no, um, with that, with them, like, even if like, his in, like Thomas's internet just like breaks down at home, he just sits there and it's like, my lights still work with their switches and everything because it's controlled in the local network. Of course, you can use internet functionality, but when you buy something for your smart... Sorry, for your... If you buy something for your smart home, or for like the home setup you have, always make sure to check there's an offline option for you to get in with something. Yeah, If definitely. your door lock doesn't work, and you don't know how you get in your house if it just all of a sudden doesn't work, like, doesn't even need to be internet, but if the product in general fails for one reason or another, is it detrimental? That could also be a, could also help you in deciding should I automate this if I find a solution, or should I just leave it as it is now because it's just less of a hassle if it breaks? Yeah. Huh. Just I can't just agree with uh, on that with you. Yeah, because like. There, there's, it's just an like it would just be an awkward pulling. But to segue to another topic, I'm planning on creating something, and I'm like a smart home or something. And I'm just wondering, like, what should I get, like, get to to get started? What is like useful? Should I get a picture before I do that on like what I want to do, or what's the like the first step if anybody of our listeners wants to say, guys, I want to start a smart home or something similar to that to set up. What would like be the, the logical first step usually? I think there are a lot of bullet points and um, thoughts you have to 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 get down first. Mm -hmm. um, for example, you just maybe uh, make a, a quick sketch or something like that, or mm -hmm. write down some key essentials you want to have. Yeah, and then just check how you can achieve them. Yeah, and also even especially to refer to the last part if you want to do it yourself or you want a uh, already established system yeah um, for example for me i wanted smart lights so i just saved up a bit 
and then did all the smart lighting in my apartment. Mm. And you can also like go for the uh, most important parts first and then just cha uh, change uh, the cheaper ones uh, bit by bit. Upgrade further than I just like I remembered when you first started with like smart lighting and everything you just had the LED strips on the roof yeah and just bit by bit like there came a desk lamp from IKEA with like a custom Philips Hue light bulb which is now the which is now like which is amazing then was like the the Philips that you go, yeah, which that, can you that, took, that, take like to D&D sessions and stuff. Especially, so, yeah, exactly. So there's like a lot of amazing stuff, but the important step is, I guess, the, trying to say as well is like, take your time and take it step by step and have your goal in mind. Like, yeah. what do you want to achieve? Because maybe lights are not important to you, but you want every time you enter your room, like your Alexa should play something for you. Yeah, or... that's, that would be the next part. Um, how, you, how do you want to interact with your stuff? Yeah. yeah. Uh, do we want it uh, to be over voice, or should there be like an automation when you come at home? Yeah. There are a lot of ways to do that. Yeah. Um, for example, uh, for myself, I'm using a lot of Apple devices. Um, you can actually um, set up some uh, automations in the Shortcuts app, uh, where you can change like if I um, come home to this location, then turn on lights. Um, play music, yeah. start this and this, yeah? Another alternative, if you're not using Apple, would be IFTT. Yeah, sure. this and that. It's an online website or service where you can integrate a whole host of different applications. It's not instantaneous, but it'll get the job done if you need, like, a notification to somewhere. Like, when something happens, do that. It's really good at that. And I think the base tier is even free for some applications. I think it's also... Couldn't that also be, like, installed on the Pi? I think you for a server like um, a local FTT. Yeah, I'm yeah. not sure on that. I might have to read up on that. Also, not completely sure. But the points that we have gathered till now were: at first, be clear about your goals, what you want to do. Then, for what parts do you want the reliability of a system? Do you want the pre-made system that is reliable and that has all the moving bits and parts? but maybe cost a little bit more. I mean, you can also find cheaper alternatives, but beware of the dangers. Or do you want to make the system yourself? And then it's important that you see how do you want to interact with your system? Do you want a system where Alexa doesn't play a role, for example, or Google Assistant? Where you just, I come home and my home does everything automatically for me. Do you want to interact with it a lot? Do you want to have a lot of moving parts? Like when, for example, when you sit down at home, do you want to have a lot of presets with the music and the ambiance, so you come home and you just say to your home assistant or just type something into the app that lets you know, hey, uh, I wanna chill. So it dims the lights, then plays some nice music and you get to sit down in your like comfy beanbag chair with a book and just enjoy the evening. You know, it, it's, it all depends on what you're looking for or what you're after and then trying to figure out the world around you to fit those needs, I guess. I think the next part would be like choosing the ecosystem. Yeah, that's a big point. That's, like, and that's also like an important point because um, being in an ecosystem can be very good because you um, can just uh, easily um, like get things done without doing much. For example, the Apple ecosystem? Yeah, that's... It's a comparison. Yeah, the Apple ecosystem is like perfect example for like 
a good ecosystem that just works, but... It only works in itself, right? Yeah, it's exactly. It only works in itself and it's like kind of limited to stuff they approved. For yeah. example, if I wanted uh, to add something that is not in the ecosystem natively, that's like zero to no chance that I can manage to do that without like going full extinct on, on, on custom... Um, yeah. um, um, or custom like middleware that you just and, like Frankenstein your Apple devices for to? Exa for example, like um, if I have an application that is not natively support, maybe that I could uh, send an, um, Message an SSH request from my Apple device automatically to a Raspberry Pi client in my local network yeah. that would then trigger um, yes. something that is not natively in the ecosystem. Yeah, like you need the giant workaround just to yeah. get something to work that's not natively in the Apple ecosystem. That's like the problem with a lot of ecosystems. They they achieve vendor lock-in. So for example, in Apple, if you're inside the Apple ecosystem, it works beautifully, but don't try to ask Siri if she can turn on like Spotify or something. She's gonna be very hesitant about that most of the time, as I far mean, as we experience. Spotify kind of works now. Yeah. But, but um, not only HomePod. Like the most important part, the, 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 the smart speaker, Spotify doesn't work on. But for example, I can choose Spotify as my main um, music service on my iPhone or yeah. my iPad, that, but that not on my smart speaker. Which is kind of a bummer, to be honest. I mean, that's also like not directly Apple's fault. It's also more like Spotify's uh, fault, but that's another topic. Yeah, it's another topic, but that like, uh, what are the other ecosystem choices? If somebody does not have an Apple device and is not willing to get one because they're a student, they're broke, they have no money, or they just yeah, sure. don't like Apple. It's a subjective choice. Yeah, absolutely. Then, or if somebody looks for open source, then I have no idea at this point, besides Home Assistant and spending a few hours of coding. I mean, but if you if you love Android and if you love like doing a lot of stuff yourself, it's totally fine and I can True. definitely understand it. I also love tinkering around with some some extra hardware or some Linux. I mean, I dream of creating my own home lab and I still have some stuff laying around for that. So. It's all up to I'm, al people. I'm already working on it. <laughs> I see with your like Synology NAS down there. Yeah, and I mean, I mean, come on, the Synology NAS isn't like it's not powerful, but it makes you it's feel also powerful. Not, not a lot of DIY. It's more like of a plug and play. I mean, I created an open media vault once, but that tutorial was by Nectarchy. <laughs> so yeah, but um, the the other ecosystems there are because there's two other giants of big tech, and I learned it well recently, that we might want to talk about, which is Google and Amazon. Yeah. Because nobody talks about Minecraft. I mean, I would wish, but I haven't tested it. It's an open source voice assistant, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's just not talk about open source for now. Yeah, I think, I think Google and Amazon, they actually do have the superior um, um, voice assistant. Like with compatibility or from a point of how well it responds to you? Both. Talking? Both. 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 Yeah. Um, Amazon Alexa is actually really, really good in um, understanding what you want and also in doing the task you want it to do. For example, if you tell it to turn off the light or, or, or like 
a specific um, um, task. Um, For example, if you want your LED strip to be turned off, I noticed that when you use Alexa, as you say, it's much easier, but when you ask Siri sometimes, she doesn't quite get that. Yeah. She didn't quite get that. Yeah. And it's just, I don't know. Yeah, th uh, that's, that's one point. It's not always working completely correctly. What is also like the um, one of the reasons is that to come back to the Apple ecosystem, yeah, um, Siri isn't uh, like um, using the data from oh. the user um, and sends it directly to Apple. Yeah, yeah. it's like all, all um, there's like uh, random keys generated to like random users. So they have a bit of privacy, I guess. Yeah, that's it's a kind of privacy thing, um, but that's like the reason, um, at least the official reason, that Siri isn't that useful and that um, uh, responsive. I mean, to throw in my two cents, I think they're just a little bit late to the game, but uh, not, not really. really. No, Are they not? No, no actually, and not. That's like my uneducated two cents. So yeah. They're, they're, they're not late to the game, I think. I mean, Siri was like the first. Actually, they were, I mean, to the, to, in kind of regards of voice assistant, Siri was like the first. But I mean, in regards to like smart speakers or the HomePod thing, because yes. Apple usually takes its time, but tries to come up with a superior product in feel. And I gotta say like the audio quality of the pod is supreme. I love it, but does lack in voice yeah definitely it, it what, what it uh, what it uh, does in um, audio quality and um, build quality it lacks in um, smart capability okay but to get back to the ecosystem yeah how, how did we get that far off uh, that's what usually happens like we get stuck on the topic but we were talking about like you wanted to go back to Apple but I'd like to stick with a little bit of Google and Amazon no 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 I also love. wanted to go back to Google and Amazon because we haven't covered that what well, I've heard Amazon has like the best of all three of integration methods if you want to connect anything to like anything else an echo is usually the way to go and echo dot I guess yeah yeah definitely um has like a, a wide range of um different um uh, uh, uh programs and, and other that stuff that are compatible with it yeah yeah what's your experience in um like is there any enjoyable difference between for example having hooked up alexa to the bridge and siri to the bridge yeah i'm i'm, I'm use, uh, i have used both of them yeah. uh, in bridge i mean philips hue bridge but yeah yeah um the philips hue bridge in general okay that's like um a simple task yeah, bo both work fine okay yeah um alexa works a little bit better for example if i tell alexa to turn off the light in the kitchen to red uh, to change it to red uh, yeah she <coughs> she gets that it she gets it instantly yeah for series sometimes it just takes a couple of tries together to get the things done mm -hmm. Don't know exactly why. The mysteries of technology. We'll have to uncover them someday, I guess. But I think that's. I mean, uh, so um, we kind of wanted to talk a little bit more of 
in general home automation. We yeah. talk, we all mainly we're talked only about talking about the voice and, assistant and voice assistant. already. But, but there's there so much more. Definitely, right? definitely. You could also like, you can actually do a, a lot of DIY uh, when going to home automation. Yeah, and at certain points, DIYing is not a bad thing in home automation because sometimes you just need to make a custom solution to something. But for example, um, there's a lot of tools that come natively with some integration, but you don't need to purchase tools natively because most of the time, for example, if I have a fan, I don't need to buy a smart fan for like the hot days in summer, but I can just take a regular fan and use a smart plug to turn it just on and off yeah. if I have it on the table. I just want to make sure that if I'm out of the house that all my appliances are that I don't need, I can use a plug for this. But I think I'm just like going back to general because usually there's like all sorts of tools like sensors, like is the door open or closed, that have nothing to do with Apple or Amazon or Google indirectly. It's like independent companies making that, I guess, or... Um, yeah, sure. Um, but for also for those companies, it's, it's kind of essential they have like an implementation with one of the um, main uh, smart manufacturers. Yeah, like they may have like a small company, but there's like, for example, I think it's called Zbridge or something. Yeah, like yeah. there's some independent home bridges. There are a lot. Like of them one out there. has been integrated into the Echo Dot Four. Recently, I looked it up, and so it now supports some devices that are integrated into like some other main home automatization things, I guess. I get what you're saying, I hope, with that like they need an integration with one of the big three in the market to be considered useful in the end. Yeah, definitely, because the, uh, it would uh, just lack in sales. For myself, uh, um, always when, when buying something that has smart capability, I always check if I can use it with my current ecosystem. Yeah. So I can get all the benefits out of it. Yeah, because, because there would be no need for like a smart plug or a smart speaker or something like that if it doesn't work with my other devices because then it wouldn't be smart it was just like an an an, an additional layer of complexity uh, complexity and in home optimization you want to make stuff simpler yeah not more complicated because it's already complicated enough if you're laying in your comfy bed to get up and press the light switch at 22 a.m. It's not 22 a.m. That makes no sense at 11 p.m. for example when you're sleeping. So yeah. if you now need to get up and tell the bridge by hand that she needs to turn off the lights, you've just added a layer of complexity, I guess, without yeah, definitely because it just I didn't mean, work with Alexa routine for some stuff. It's also kind of um, absolutely normal to let uh, add like a simple um, smart plug. Smart plug? Yeah, for example, um, kind of you want to turn off um, some specific light that is like always on. For example, an aquarium light. Yeah. And it's always should be uh, turned on and off at the same time of the day. Yeah. So there is no necessary. Necessity. necessity to get a smart product for that if it's just the standard aquarium light yeah exactly because you don't need a like alexa turn off my aquarium light no you always turn that off at the same time so just a normal like smart plug and smart in quotation marks yeah like it could also be just a regular time time 
thing or something that works with Alexa or something similar to integrate into a routine, I guess. Because yeah. automation has a big emphasis on routines. Like you have one in the morning usually where the light slowly fades on, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, for easier waking up, I have like two systems that wake me up. Mm -hmm. One would be my uh, smartwatch that just vibrates um, in gently, the morning yeah. gently uh, to uh, kind of wake me up. And do you the other... sleep with a smartwatch usually? Uh, yes, actually, sh I do. Oh, is it for diagnostic data? Is it like I'm it's... currently using uh, another smartwatch because you borrowed me yours temporarily? And like, would you sleep with that on? Um, I already did. Yeah. And um, it it works really well. I'm I'm not completely sure about the waking mechanic of the uh, Gears Three Frontier. Yeah, but but um. You can at least you track your sleep with that thing, That's and, definitely and ch check how many um, um, REM cycles. I guess. Yeah, how many REM cycles you got and stuff like that. Um, I'm currently using the Apple Watch. Yeah, I mean, um, and it it's really nice to like wake up to a gentle vibration because you're like, and it also like checks if you're in your REM cycle so or if you don't. So it wakes up at the right point? Yes, then? exactly. It, it wakes you up at the right point, so you don't wake up like completely confused and yeah, like, what like, the fuck like is happening? Like we all know that. Like there's those times in the morning when you wake up and you're awake. And there's those times in the morning where you're just like in the REM phase of sleep, you get woken up and the entire day is ruined. Like you wake up and you're awake, but then you go back to sleep. And then 10 minutes later, you're just like, oh, the world you know yeah um definitely that's like one system and the other system um would be the lighting yeah that automatically turns on in the morning like to a gentle slowly waking up like for example like like the sun would be would rise yeah, yeah. Uh, one question to that sort of event yeah did that actually help you wake up in the morning yes so, especially in the winter months that we have now yeah definitely um, I, I used it like uh, in the last couple of months where I had to get up very early in the morning. Yeah. And for example, it's way easier to wake up like in 4.30 a.m. in the morning when the, like the sun in quotation mark just slowly wakes you up. And also like if you don't wake up by the light, then you would wake up through the vibration on your hand. And even though I'm not completely uh, like awake, yeah, I'm definitely not um, going to like sh uh, shut Knock down the alarm clock and, and start falling asleep again because I'm actually awake. Yeah, because that's the most important thing that this makes, I think, the morning routine easier if you then like actually feel awake because the light is like, at, like after the 30 minutes, I guess, of slow rising, it's like bright in your face. No, I guess like not necessarily killing you bright but you no, know it's, it, right? it's, it's definitely it's 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 bright enough to wake you up but it's not like killing your eyes like no but it's also like too bright to fall asleep again ah so so like it's the the, the, the perfect point to just like they pinpointed it to be like it's bright enough to wake me it's like where I, I can't fall asleep but not to like annoy me yeah i mean it's kind of a little bit annoying but but i mean so at least everything not... if you wake up right yeah exactly like uh for example, if I uh, still used my normal alarm clock in the morning, I was annoyed like all the times and sometimes mm -hmm. I just turn it off and 
fall asleep again. That happens since, to me. Since I used the, the smart stuff, have never happened. Especially, I think the most useful part about it is being able to track your REM sleep cycle. So being able to see on your phone just like, how did I sleep? How am I sleeping? And maybe should I change something about my schedule? Because that's a really powerful thing about smart smart yes. automatization. Yeah, exactly. Gain that's, your own data. That's the next thing. Um, for example, when you use a lot of smart stuff and like a lot of um, automatizations. Yeah. Um, you can also like set up a um, sleep timer uh, for for the evening, so that you don't <laughs> that use. when you, when your light is just slowly dimming down, and also like your phone is applying the the, the blue light filter. Oh, and you can combine that with your phone also with the blue light slowly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's That's actually right, right now it's it's active on my phone. Yeah. So if it gets on the evening. It just automatically applies the, the, the blue light filter. Um, at a certain point, it turns off notifications. Oh, that's so cool! And 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 the light just dims down in the complete in the complete house, and you just get in the mood of going to sleep soon. Because like you're not getting any distractions or anything, and just like it's just it's a way to like ease you slowly into just being like I think it's not time to sleep. Especially once, I think, once you get into the routine, like maybe the first three to four days, it's gonna be a bit unnatural. But like, after you get used to it, it's like, it's like subconsciously calling you into bed, just like, sleeping at that point in time, I guess. Yeah, kinda. I mean, I mean you, you still, like, if you're not going to sleep, you're not going to sleep. Yeah. It, just, it doesn't force you to go to sleep. It you can like, still turn that stuff off. It, like, gives you the option to just, like, because you can always, like, Tell the routine to be like, ill. Yeah, exactly. And it's you know if you're using all that smart stuff and and so it's, it's kind of it's I mean, easier. I mean, one question I'd have to ask, like if you, depending on if we can answer it, is is there a way that we can still protect part of privacy if we're conscious about? Should we con be conscious about that? Um, we in, in a sense, definitely be conscious about that. Um, but. If you're not like using your own service, your own server for all your data collection or something like that, it's definitely going to be like grabbed by someone else. Because, yeah. Because like there's a reason that the fitness app is free. <laughs> like, like maybe companies are claiming to be like completely secure and all about privacy and privacy. Yeah, but we have, you never know for sure. You, first of all, you never know for sure. And like we have seen it with the ring things, if I see seen it correctly, that hackers just got into like Samsung ring equipment. It's by Samsung, right? The, the ring. Uh, I don't know. Ring? No, no, it's not by it's Samsung. Samsung. Um, I mean, it was purchased by Amazon. Okay, I don't know. But who it made wasn't it. wasn't invented by Amazon. Okay, so they like like purchased it up, but there was like stories of hackers hacking into the intercom. And just talking to the people in the house, seeing them through cameras. So that's a little bit of a thing where I would be hesitant because I don't really mind that much of with like if people collect my data for like a data warehouse and I'm just like one in the statistic. That might just be me, but I would care deeply about if they, for example, use that on my um, my health insurance to then second class me because I have a 
because of a base pulse of a hundred. Don't ask me why. <laughs> yeah, I uh, totally get that. Um, I mean, one way would be to like store your data an- analog. Yeah. Or maybe if you can find some some um, fitness app or so that you can choose uh, to which service it contacts. Like wow. for example, maybe you have your own server yeah. at home and if you could use that server to um, store your data there, there's like no connection to a third party. I server. mean for people who are not as tech or don't want to do that, usually I think in Amazon there's the option, for example the Echo, to turn off parts of data collection so they only get the essential data, but I don't know what the essential data is entailing. Yeah, we never know for sure. I mean, sure, they, they definitely uh, wrote that down, what exactly that sh- would Yeah, but technically like, nobody be. reads the AGB or anything like that. And even the, though the, the terms of service, we could never be certain. That they just take that, but it's at least a way to at least calm the consumer mind, because I just set up the Samsung S Gear 3 smartwatch, and they asked me like, do I want mar- to send marketing information? Do I want to um, send uh, telemetry data and stuff like that? And it's just like, yeah, it gives me an option, but I don't, I will never know if the service like midway through all of a sudden starts to do something. I mean, I think according to the G, like, like what is called the, the European, like the, the um, data, the privacy policy, the G, uh, um, the, 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 the... Yeah, the, not the GST4, that's like for driving around in Austria. But I don't know what's currently called, but just like... Yeah, yeah, I know pr- what you Like mean. The, the things, the, the stuff that we had to like sign waivers for every time we, um, we give our data to someone to say like, yeah, we accept the privacy policy even like at dentists or at the doctor in Austria. So essentially you can always request and ask to have your data be deleted off a service, I guess? Yeah, sure. Within reason, like, they always give an exclaimer that not all data can be expunged. But, yeah. But the thing is, you always have to, you just, you have to manually ask them to do that. That's, do you, that's the problem. And do you have to ask them for each individual entry? That's terrifying. No, but you can, for example, I could write something to Amazon and say, I'd like to have an information about the data you have collected about me. And they have to send you that. They have to send me that. Maybe I'm going to do that. Sometime because I mean, I'm I did interested. that with Spotify. And was it interesting, or did they just send you like? To be honest, it was like a really long document that I haven't read at all. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes. <laughs> but um, yeah, kind of was interesting, and they also they just sent that to me. They, they have they, to, I guess. Yeah, 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 but like they have their their uh, their is an option on their web page. Um, where can you, where you can? Also, you can request it automatically. Yeah, you can request it. There is That's like a cool. button for requesting the data they have collected on you and they just in about like a week or two they will send an email to you uh, containing the information. That's actually really amazing. So you can have your like you can have your data deleted, but the thing is like that people need to do that on their own. Yeah. They need to be active about that. So if you don't want your data like all of your data to be directly stored, you can ask them to always delete it. But I don't think that, that means that if they've drawn any statistics in the meantime, that's like their own data created upon your data. And I'm not sure how that is handled. For example, if you're used in like a statistic, mm. they are not going to like delete you from the statistic and do it once again. No, but 
No, like, definitely it's not. at least a good thing to know for yourself to be like, okay, they at least deleted the data they had of me up until now. But it's just like, it seems like such a gigantic task to go to every service and shoot them a mail. Maybe yeah. there's some automated tool online that could do that for us one day, if we ever cared about it enough. Maybe there is already and we just don't know. So, are there any finishing points you have? Something that you care about that you want to go deeper on? We, like we stopped, like the last thing we stopped that were like an ecosystem, then we went a little bit down into the privacy question of like, health and automatization that we can go to bed. And all in all, I think we've covered quite a good stretch. Yeah, we started I mean, at DIY and- For, for home automatization, there's just such a, a so huge much variety about, yeah. of, 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 of topics we could cover. Um, from from just a doorbell, yeah, to like automatic um, uh, TVs, machines. Uh, automatic um, um, devices in your household, automatic lighting, automatic, like window shutters or so. Um, that would be and just an interesting Also, like, thing for don't me. forget about the automatic um, heating elements or yeah, like uh, stuff. Uh, um, air conditioner. One thing that would be really interesting for me is like, because I have like three windows on top and like in my room, and like I'd like to have some way to automatically dim all my windows down. Yeah. Because if it's like during the day and I want just like have a different atmosphere in the room because I'm recording something. I don't want I mean, to wait there, for evening. There, is already, there already are uh, a lot of uh, ways to do that. But Just by stuffing a pillow in there, for example? No, not for automatization, but oh. they're kind of expensive, of course. Yeah, so there, I mean, there is like, uh, there are a few companies, I think, that produce like quality stuff, for like, example. So indoor blinds or something? Mm, also outdoor blinds, but... Um, uh, uh, and they are kind of compatible with every um, modern um, smart home. That'll, that would be something interesting to look into. But be, be, before we go deeper in that, I, I think it's a good point to like... Sorry, I, I was interrupted because of curious. Usually we fall down with curiosity. But I think we're slowly going to the end because smart home is a topic that because really expand on if there's anything that particularly interests you in regards to smartphone. And if it interests you, it automatically mostly interests us to talk about it. Because what would we be without you? I mean, still sitting and enjoying the time we have, but it's beside the point. So, well, I guess, all in all. I think that's like all of it. Um... So, do you want me to do the outro? Or? Yeah, yeah, sure, sure, yeah. sure so, go. Go ahead. To, 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 to conclude the, today's first podcast episode, thank you for sticking through. I hope we could make your drive home, your evening or whatever better with our discussion and back and forth. You feel free to comment on like wherever this will be posted, if it will be posted. And stay curious and take a bite. <laughs>